You know, guys, when you get to be our age, finding the motivation to get back in shape can be hard. It's just plain tough to find a routine and to stick with it. Good news. FitBod is a fitness app that is anything but routine. It tailors your workouts to fit your life, your goals, your gear, and even your schedule, so you can avoid burnout. And FitBod helps keep up your momentum by mixing in different exercises, reps, supersets, and circuits. Best yet, FitBod has over 1,000 demonstration videos, so you can learn the right way to do each exercise. It's time to ditch the boring routines and kickstart your fitness journey. Add FitBod to your workout essentials. Join today to get your personalized workout plan. Get 25% off your subscription or try the app for free at fitbod.me slash Zabe. That's F-I-T-B-O-D dot M-E slash Zabe. Watching any sport is a hell of a lot more exciting when you got a little bit of something-something in the game. But regardless of why you play, you need a platform that makes it easy. At mybookie.ag, they do just that. Bet MLB regular season, NBA player props, every other major event like the highly anticipated boxing match between MMA veteran Ben Askren and YouTuber Jake Paul. Place a single wager of $20 on the fight, and you'll get a free $20 bet for UFC 261. If that's not enticing enough, back the former Olympian's corner, and you'll get a 2-to-1 payout with my bookie odds boost on Ben Askren to win the fight outright. Sign up this week with promo code ZABE, Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo Echo, and take advantage of up to a $1,000 bonus on your first deposit. That's promo code ZABE to grab yourself a free cash bonus on top of the free bets and boosted odds. Ben Askren and Jake Paul, it's the fight that nobody asked for, but everyone can't stop talking about, and you don't want to miss out on it at my bookie. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. Today on the Zabecast, it's a day late, but sure as hell not a dollar short. Your nerdiest, in-depth, super golf-tastic recap of Sunday's final round of the Masters with Mark Spencer from the Data Cage in Jacksonville. We'll talk Hideki, the Will Zalatoris story, the Tiger problem, and more. All that plus the grass Nazis have come. Your 45-minute dose of pure me is locked and loaded, so buckle up and let's go. Oh, here we go. Tuesday, April 13th, 2021. Thank you for downloading. Before we get to the super duper postmasters recap and more, a quick football item. And this probably merits a longer discussion, which we'll have at some point. But Jeremy Shap of Outside the Lines in his parting shot employed some of the worst logic I've ever seen when it comes to teams trying to find that most important of position, quarterback. Shap said, and this was in his tweet, to reiterate, 44 quarterbacks have gone first, second, or third overall in the last 50 drafts. Exactly two Aikman and Peyton Manning 
have won Super Bowls, starting for the team that drafted them. So there's another caveat on top of the caveat. That makes selecting quarterbacks up high exceptionally risky. No, it doesn't make it risky. It makes it smart. It makes it necessary. Can anyone in the class just raise your hand, point out the primary flaw in Jeremy Shapps' logic? Oh, that's right. Uh, You in the back. Right. Using the metric as to whether or not a quarterback was worthy of a first, second, or third overall pick is that they had to have won the Super Bowl. That's kind of an insanely impossible high bar, don't you think? I mean, you can list all the quarterbacks that were not, that did not make it to the Super Bowl, but got close, who were consistent franchise guys that no team would say, you know what, we're kind of disappointed we took him there. That's not the bar. You can't make the bar winning the Super Bowl. If there's a quarterback who is a close to can't miss prospect at the position and you're drafting one, two, or three, and you don't have a guy, which almost certainly you don't have a guy if you are sitting there drafting in those positions, guess what? Take the quarterback and see how it works out. So what if it doesn't? So what would the logic be, Jeremy? Hey, wait a minute. This Trevor Lawrence guy looks really good, but I don't know. The odds are not in our favor that he's going to win a Super Bowl some year. Uh, gee, boss, uh, you know, even though he doesn't win would do the Super Bowl, he could make us a playoff contender right away. Could put fans in the seats, you know. Might get us on a, you know, winning 10 games or more for the next 10 years. Do we want that? I don't know, man. Jeremy Schapp says the odds are we won't win a Super Bowl with him. Pretty dumb take from a guy who is, I think otherwise, pretty smart. Speaking of dumb, Michigan having a bit of a COVID surge right now. Why is it? Nobody knows. Experts are baffled. Experts, right? Governor Whitmer said the following. She said that COVID is out of control in Michigan because they did such a good job for the last year plus at locking themselves down and not going anywhere and not touching anything and not (coughs) coughing on people that not enough people became infected. So they don't therefore have antibodies. So therefore there's a lot of room for the virus to roam unlike other states, which makes me say, oh, wait a minute. Uh, I sort of feel I'm going to go into my uh, <clears throat> uh, Jeff Goldblum voice here. Uh, so, so, so what you're saying is uh, you know, maybe the last year you just pro- pro- prolonged the agony. Oh, Things that's a pretty bad idea given the damage to society. And now you're sitting there saying you got a lot of guys who are uh, and gals who are susceptible. Stop doing that. Sorry. I need to work on my impressions before I roll them out. Yes, she seriously said that, and that's her reason. It's probably just seasonality in that for that northern climate, this is their spring spike. It's happening, and it's going to go down, and it's going to be gone like it was last year. Probably. 
But to think that that was what her theory was. The Biden administration will not surge extra vaccine into Michigan, which seems like it would be not a bad idea, given that demand is already starting to lag in certain parts of the country. But on top of that, the CDC director, Rochelle Walensky, has said, you know, the only way, I'm sorry to say it, is to shut everything down. But even Whitmer, who loved the lockdowns before, realizes politically that is a no-go at this point. It ain't happening. But the fact that the CDC is like, well, since all those other lockdowns for a year plus worked so great, the only thing that'll fix it this time is, you guessed it, another lockdown. It reminds me of the great skit on SNL with Will Ferrell, more cowbell, blue oyster cult, and don't fear the reaper. It doesn't work for me. I gotta have more cowbell. <laughs> I gotta have more lockdown. Gene, you're gonna blow this pandemic for us. Young Jimmy Fallon. One thing. Say it, baby. Just say it. Just say it. I'm staring here, staring at rock legend Bruce Dickinson. The cock and a walk, baby. And if Bruce Dickinson wants more cowbell, we should probably give him more cowbell. Say it, baby. And Bobby, you are right. I am being selfish. Yeah, you're being selfish by wanting to live your life after a year plus two months. Damn, you, yeah, we need more cowbell. We need more lockdown is what we need. And just like this legendary producer is like, more cowbell. That's how experts work. They can never be wrong. They're fully invested in never admitting they're wrong. And rarely do they admit they're even stumped. It was a damn miracle that Fauci actually expressed some Lack of knowledge. Why is Texas dropping? I don't know. You're the expert. Wow, you're stumped, huh? More cowbell, more lockdowns after a year plus. But the last time I checked, we don't have a whole lot of songs that feature the cowbell. I gotta have- Just like the last time I checked, none of these fucking lockdowns have worked. Cowbell. Say, babe. And Bobby, you are right. I am being selfish. But the last time I checked, we don't have a whole lot of songs that feature the cowbell. I gotta have more cowbell, baby. <laughs> I'd be doing myself a disservice and every member of this band if I didn't perform the hell out of this. Guess what? I got a fever. <laughs> and the only prescription is more cowbell. Yes, if only it was more cowbell, not more lockdowns, but that's the only prescription for the fever that has gripped our national health agency, the CDC. Let's talk some golf, shall we? Okay, it is a day late, but I promise it is not going to be a dollar short when it comes to a post-Masters breakdown. Let's call my man Mark Spencer right now. He will definitely get super nerdy and in the weeds with me on all things Augusta. My man. Yes, sir. Mark Spencer. Good to talk to you, brother. Hold on a second. While you get yourself hooked up, Mark Spencer, former Nike club rep, former collegiate golfer at Oklahoma, you played at 
No, wait. Where did no, you? no. I, I grew up there. I, I played uh, junior college um, here in Florida, and then I turned pro, thinking I was really, really good. <laughs> and I re- then I realized those guys inside 100 yards are deadly. <laughs> Oklahoma-born high school quarterback, uh, collegiate golfer, briefly in Florida, turned pro, founder of the best beachwear company that never quite got off the ground, Beach <laughs> 30. Yes. Old Beach 30. That was every every hour of every day was always Beach 30. And, uh, you know, I see the uh, I see those Corona, even though we still do have the copyright in that. I, I see those Corona commercials about, you know, find your beats like, man, I could have sold that I to know. them. But that's all right. <laughs> now. Now, Mark runs the data cage in Jacksonville, Florida. You can find him on Twitter at the data cage, utilizing high tech tools and data for optimal results in baseball and other sports. Did I get the intro right for the most part? Yeah, yeah, for the most part, yeah. We've, we're, we've morphed a little more on the data side to um, providing software solutions to, uh, to really enable other facilities and coaches and teams to, to know how to utilize the data in baseball and softball because, you know, it's, it's one thing to get the data of a player, but then how are you going to use it to help develop your players so um, that's I focus more on uh, on enabling others uh, nowadays. All right, very good. Here's our agenda: one, Huzzah Tamatsuyama; two, oh, yeah. the Will Zalatoris effect; three, the Tiger in the Room; four, Augusta reinvention; five, golf in the modern age; and six, notes, nuggets, and more from the week that was. Are Love we it. ready? Yeah, let's go. <laughs> All right, Huzzah to Matsuyama who is a very worthy champion. He is no Charles Schwartzel. He is no <laughs> Trevor Immelman, who I swear to God, he qu- I think he's quit playing the game. Danny, let's go recently. Danny Willett. I mean, that was, what, 16? Right. That wasn't that long ago. At least Willett's made a rally now, and he's back sort yeah. of making cuts and stuff. But, I yeah. mean, Trevor Immelman is like 42, and he doesn't play anymore, which is crazy. No. And he goes to the champion's dinner every year. So uh, Matsuyama... As legit as it comes, and a good mm-hmm. dude, he has zero star power for the most part. The language thing doesn't help, but as a worthy champion, he was phenomenal to watch. No worthy champion. Um, he is a light. I still got a lot of contacts on tour. Um, a really well liked guy. His caddy supposedly is a really great guy. Um, how'd you like the, the? How'd you like the hat tip at the flag? Aww. I thought that was such a pitch perfect. Japanese culture thing to do that doffing the cap for respect right at the 18th hole. I'm like, chef's you know, and he didn't seek out a camera for that. I mean, that was real. That was it's rare nowadays, right? To, to get genuine um, organic moments in sports or in life even. And we got one there and uh, no super real likable fellows from what I hear. Uh, But you're right. It's, you know, the language barrier, unfortunately allows you or keeps you from, learning some of the nuances of his personality and things. And look, that's a, a big reason why we watch sports and either have a villain or have a favorite is that we, there's either some personality traits that we identify with a player and like, or some personality and traits in a player uh, or a star that we don't like. And we kind of, you know, we might watch to root against them. So um, you don't have that with, with Hideki and, but you know, his game is great. I, as someone, um, you know, who still plays competitive, it, that scrambling was was unbelievable. Yeah. It just kept getting up and down, and um, you know, from the trees, the the shot on eleven under the branches coming out of the rain delay on Saturday. What a shot! Oh, <laughs> so just 
you know, just, just, a, you know, we're the champion. No, agreed. And, you know, you never know with golf, but, um, I don't see him, like you said, to the, to the names before and Immelman's and the Schwarzels. I don't see him, you know, fading away, um, and not being a factor yeah. in the game. It's easy to say, Oh, I see a lot of majors in this future. They always <laughs> say that about guys that are around 30 and it always underestimates just how hard it is. To well, say how many, how many masters are they going to start having? Because watching the broadcast, I swear the announcers told me there's 30 guys that are guaranteed to win a masters <laughs> in the next 10 years. I mean, what the hell? Right. Are they going to start having this every two months? Every guy that's finished a close runner up, whether it's Justin Rose or Jason Day, they're like, oh, he's going to win one of these, one of these years. Well, Rob's good. Rob's going to definitely win a masters. <laughs> I could, you know, they kept, I mean, they right. kept saying, it's like, no, that's the whole idea. There's no guarantees. What's with his pause at the top of the swing? So, yeah, it's um, that is a very common uh, a swing drill. If you think about, you know, Matthew Wolf's quirky thing he does before a swing, that started as a swing drill. Basically, George Gank is, is his instructor. And and so Matthew Wolf, they said they would say, you know, because he didn't rotate open enough at impact, they would they would mimic an exaggerated impact position. Then he would go and start his swing. And and it and he realized he was hitting it really, really good just doing that drill as a, <laughs> as an actual swing. And that's why Matthew Wolf, you know, has that quirk and same thing with, with Hideki, you know, probably in, you know, I don't know the specifics of it, but I can almost guarantee you that it, it was born out of some type of swing drill where he was, you know, losing balance or his transition wasn't really good as a junior, maybe. And he was the drill. And then look, if you start flushing it, you're a golfer. You found the key, right? And right. it just, it just stuck with him. But it's a move nobody else replicates in professional golf to that degree. And that's kind of rare that there's a single move that a really successful guy does that nobody else even comes close to. I bet you within two years, you won't see the pause. Um, Cause it's, you know, I would say it's cut down dramatically in the last two to five years. That's true. Um, it seemed as I noticed it, I'm like, I used to think he paused a lot more yeah. a while ago. And, and you know, as we all know, as golfers, Spence, coming down quick from the top is sure death. It's the number one <laughs> killer of any golf shot. The quick down, so quick down yeah. transition, right. So the pause is good, but you got to remember, it's not just pausing per se. It's the first move down has to be like a no-wake zone. If you own a boat and you're coming out of the tidal marshes, it's how it's how smoothly you can get up to acceleration for the first, say, 12 inches of your downswing. Yeah, it's about balance control and still, but yet uh, don't um, don't mess with the integrity of your speed and power. And it's 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 you know there's that give and take, and you got to find that right give and take amount because I'm sure he could swing harder if you wanted. And all the guys on tour could swing harder, but yeah. they have to back it down enough to be able to hit it and keep it between the trees. His scrambling was so insanely mm. good. Uh, I think mm. the the up and down from behind eighteen on mm. Saturday. And if you're if you're not a golfer, you were like, "What's so special about that?" He just mm. dribbled it down some nice short mown grass up to the pin. As you and I know, to be able to visualize just how many bounces to get a feel for the release and to be able to play it along the ground for that length and then just have it release perfectly. I was out of my seat on that one. 
Yeah, it's because you know that about 10 feet past that pin, maybe a few more feet, it's going to go all the way down to the front edge. Oh, yeah. yeah. And so, you know, it's not that and, – and that is one thing that's tough for, you know, people that are sports fans um, to appreciate. Maybe golf fans get a little annoyed. I know I get annoyed sometimes of, of a sports fan, maybe not appreciating, you know, some of those nuances um, of what – how. They may see a, a chip shot on a certain hole, and I'll be like, "Oh wow!" You know, yeah. my son's walking by. We go, "What's the big deal?" You know, <laughs> he's so, like, "How is um, that hard?" He's like, "You have like, no so idea." You don't understand, right? Yeah, you have no idea. So, yeah, All great right. shot. All right, so let's move to the Will Zalatoris effect. Oh, this kid my thing about this. captured oh, yeah. a lot of people's eye. And, you know, he's a pedigreed collegiate player who was on a Walker yeah. Cup team. So he's no scrub. It's yep. just that he took a couple years to get it sorted out. And he has the <laughs> added marketing benefit of being 125 pounds soaking wet with nickels in his pockets. Mm-hmm. And he looks like the former caddy for <laughs> Happy Gilmore. And he's likable. And he's likable. Yeah. He's like, and he's got this amazing story going where. He's on tour this year. He's going to make a shit ton of money, and he won't mm-hmm. be eligible for the tour championship because he doesn't have his card. So let's talk about that. So, so there are steps involved in making it onto tours. I mean, it used to be in the day, um, you know, we're talking way back in the day, where at the end of the year you had a money list, and the top 75 on the money list kept their card. The rest of the people – Usually some big names had to go back to qualifying school. And just so for to lay it all out, usually it's 125. Yeah, it used to be 75. Then it was. No, no, no. But I'm saying that like the number of players who have fully exempt status on tour is 125, right? Right, right. Well, it wasn't back then. Oh, it wasn't. No, yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Oh, okay. It was 75 way back in the day. I'm talking like when Gary McCord and the guys were on tour. Then it became what they call the all-exempt tour, which meant uh, the money list. If you were 125th on the money list at the end of the season, um, then you were exempt into the following season. Fields are normally 144 players. So then it was, you know, not all 144 or 125 are going to play an event. Then you had these conditional guys up to 150, and you had all this other stuff. And then the tour started saying, oh, wait, we got this playoffs thing now. And, and also players started to come out of college a lot more prepared for the tour. Um, and so basically what you have now is you have the development tour, which is the corn ferry previously nationwide, previously Nike, previously uh, Hogan tour, right? Web.com. Web.com. Yeah. Web.com too. It's all the same tour, right? It's the triple A of golf. And so there were some really, and the first guy to really come out of there and make some noise. Um, I remember Tom Lehman, had played a few events and then all of a sudden, you know, he got out there and then you have some other players that started playing well, but then some guys would start to play well and then they couldn't, couldn't get onto tour until the following season. So they added this thing called the battlefield promotion, right? So there's another thing that the tour added to allow you to get on tour quicker. If you're hot, you can get on tour quick. So every, what I'm saying here is every year of the last and every few years over the last 20 to 30 years, the tour has continually looked at the landscape of play and said, how can we get the best players in the world, no matter their status on any tour, how can we get them into a tour event because they're playing so great? Well, what Will Zalatoris has done, he has completely outpaced the program now. <laughs> nobody, 
No, and, and putting together these steps involved in getting exempt on tour, no one fathomed a guy that just a year and a half ago had no status on even the Corn Ferry Tour was having to Monday qualify for those events and sometimes get in and sometimes he wouldn't. And all of a sudden, then he gets Corn Ferry status. Well, then, because he was number one on the money list for the Corn Ferry, he got into last year's U.S. Open. In that U.S. Open, only five players beat him. He was ended up in sixth <laughs> place. So now, because of that world ranking that happened because of that, he became – no, I'm sorry. Let me back up. So because of that, he got into some PGA Tour events as a temporary member because of all the money he won. Okay, so now let's talk about that. So then he made up money on temporary status on tour to play in a lot of tour events and he started making cuts and not mm -hmm. just making cuts. He was playing really, really good. Now he didn't win those Zabe. Right. And that's going to be the big caveat here. So here he is after beating a lot of good players and people are going, wow, this guy really, really is good. And so now he's out there and, and after the U S open finish and he gets his world ranking up to 49 when they do the shutoff for the masters, boom, he's in the masters. So he gets in the masters without winning a tour event. And without being a PGA Tour member, and he's an American, with, this is something that's completely unheard of. Like, nobody can play that good right. in that short amount of time to do that. <clears throat> so then he gets in the Masters, and he finishes second. Damn near wins it. Right. And so now in 15 events this season, including the Masters, he has now won $3,008,000. If, <laughs> if he was a PGA Tour member... He would be 15th right now, today, 15th on the money list, skipping ahead of um, oh, uh, Cam Smith. He'd be right ahead of Cam Smith. Okay. So the guy that right now, as, we, as you and I talk, this is the day after the Masters. He is the 15th, quote, unquote, only he, 14 players have, more, have made more money on tour than him. And guess what? He's not eligible for the playoffs. And he's made how much uh, money so far in this uh, three, season? $3,008,000. Okay, th over $3 million. And the tour championship lets in how many people at the end of the year? 125. Okay, but right <laughs> right now, <laughs> right now, he like if he didn't win another dime, he would finish oh, yeah, approximately in. 27th on the money list. Mm -hmm. going by the last full season on tour, which was 2019. Mm -hmm. So that tells you right there. Is it <laughs> is it good for the game that a skinny little kid like that yeah. who can bomb in a mile yeah. is now a highly visible guy? Is that good no, for the game great. to get kids out there who might be like, I play a lot of sports, but I'm a small and I'm skinny, and I want to do something that can really put me on the big stage athletically. Ooh, look at this guy. Yeah, I think it's great. I think it's great because um, it shows you you don't – if you – this is what I love about golf. There's no guaranteed contracts out there. Um, you don't get signed for 10 years and then, you know, take it easy and sit in your ass. You have to go out and make your way. Okay? It's real. This is why golf to me is so great. Um, all these other sports, you can get drafted. You get paid before you play a single game. Yeah. Right? And guess what? Will had – Will had no, there's, there, you know, there's no guaranteed contracts out of golf. You got to go earn it. Okay, you got to earn this. And that's what's so respectful for these guys is, dude, 24 months ago, he had, there was no way he could set his schedule right. for what he was going to do. Like, he couldn't tell you, yeah, I'm going to go play this tournament, that tournament, this tournament. 
Yeah. Is it, it was impossible because he had no status anywhere. Now he's making more money than anybody. He's got the, I mean, what if what if he's top ten in the money list and he can't make the Ryder Cup? Should, because <laughs> well, that that's okay. So like the the Tour Championship, I feel like he's getting screwed. But rules are the rules, and it's a money grab. Yeah, and the Ryder so, the, the yeah, Ryder the Ryder Cup is different though. Yeah, it is. The Ryder yeah. Cup is different. Like I think they have to they have to pry they have to pry open a loophole. Uh. I think. No, pick, pick him. Absolutely. Oh, him. oh well, you could make right. You he wouldn't qualify automatically. You could easily use a captain's pick on him. Oh yeah. Okay. Yep. All right. All right. We'll see. Yeah, we'll him. see how he plays the rest of the summer. All right. Number but, three. So just real yeah. quick. So the, to wrap that up, he has played. If you want to know how great he's played, he has played so great that they did not anticipate any player ever accomplishing <laughs> something like this. I know. It's. It, I mean, it's just amazing. Yeah. I and uh, somebody asked me. Uh, casual fan asked me. So how do you qualify for the tour? And I said, well, once upon a time, you know, you'd plunk down a whole bunch of money, a couple thousand dollars, and go through a grueling five-stage or, or multi-stage culminating with five rounds to, to, to be one of the low men on the totem pole uh, for the tour the next year and hope to get in events that were not already filled up by existing tour players. But then they made it so that you had to go through their minor league, which is now the Corn Ferry. And I liken it to a restaurant where you could used, used to be able to walk right in and get a table. Now they make you go through the gift shop first. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and hope you buy something there. But he blew right through all of that because I'll he's just that all. hot. You know, we're driven by the search for better. When it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't help you just hire faster. 93% of employers agree. Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. This according to a recent Indeed survey. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Zabe. Just go to Indeed.com slash Zabe right now and support the show by saying you heard about it right here on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Zabe. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, number three. The tiger in the room. Ever known a guy where you look at him and you say to a buddy, you know, he's got a drinking problem. He just Mm -hmm. doesn't know it yet. Mm -hmm. The PGA Tour and the networks have a tiger problem. I just don't know if they know it yet. I think they are unprepared and perhaps unable to reckon with the coming void in the absence of the big cat in the red shirt. Yeah. I'll hang up and listen to your thoughts. Oh, now you, I, I, I'm going to preface this. There's no question I'm a Tiger apologist as far as his golf game. I'm not going to comment on him as a human. Um, yeah, I'm, but there is no preparation you can do, Zay. There's, there's, there's nothing. There's nobody that's going to be the next Tiger. What, what you have to do. It, here's the way I see it. Look what. Um, F1 has done with this driven series in Netflix. It, it, they have provided amazing access to 
to all these teams and drivers to where you have all these brand new big F1 fans that have never watched F1 ever. Really? And now they're these big fans. My, my family. Two years ago, my youngest son is, is a NASCAR fan, and the rest of us are kind of NASCAR observers. Um, we all are, are big NAS F1 fans now. What like, is What we, is Driven? So Driven to Success, it's a Netflix series that's now going in its third season. I highly, highly recommend. You do not have to be a racing fan to watch it. So it's a reality it's, show about F1 where they take yes. you inside the teams, yes. the pits, the technology, the races. Oh, my God. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned it. It is incredible. You will be because because here's the thing, you you're learning about the personalities and right. all this stuff. So and now I have a favorite driver. Why do I have a favorite driver? Because I liked his yeah. attitude, right? You know, I liked how he responded to things and interviews. See, this is like, where the tour. This is what golf needs. This is where the tour has to get these independent contractors together in a big ballroom in Ponte Vedra, yep. and say, "Fellas, the stuff we've been doing." Ain't yep. gonna ain't gonna cut it forever. The landscape's changing, and here's what we want to propose. And they're gonna balk, and they're gonna squawk, and they're gonna say, "But I don't want to do that." And I've got mm -hmm. my own routine, and that's where they're gonna have to say, "Look, we have to adapt or die." Tiger has propped up not just the tour, but certainly yep. the networks, and to a large extent, he's propped up Augusta and the Masters over the last 25 years. And I don't know if he'll ever be meaningful again in this event, which. Hurts to say that. No, it agree. hurts yeah, to say that. It really hurts. You have to. You have to start with that sobering recognition. So I, yeah. I, so what golf needs to do is provide some type of insight to look. I know people out there. So when I'm watching a tour event, I see a certain guy swinging a club. I either know about his caddy. Um, I know about him. Um, so I have a, a reason to root for him, or kind of maybe wish he gets a bad bounce. So. You know, it's um, that's not 99% of the sports fans that, that follow golf. And the way you're going to get these fans to stay in golf and to keep golf relevant when Tiger gone is is um, you're going to have to find enough players to get access and to do some really, you know, following a player around. I mean, you know, doing following some Monday qualifier guys around to really understand what that life is like. And follow around the right caddies and, and do some really neat um, uh, things and really see what's involved in caddying and, and, and preparation and during the event. So I, I think it could happen. I think they could actually grow interest without tiger. I really do. If they um, uh, can get access to the personalities, yeah. I mean, that's what's going to take. I think that's part of why Spieth has a magnetism about him because of his, <laughs> Just how he talks, both to the ball in the air and to Greller. By the way, shaved before the shaved final round. Yeah. He looks what? as weird shaved. Doing? He looks as weird shaved as Rugnet Odor looks shaved now that he's playing for the Yankees that don't allow facial hair. But yeah, anyway, I a, digress. If I'm, his, if I'm his player, I'm like, what the hell are you doing? Middle of a tournament, you're shaving? <laughs> no, got to look at that. But as I look at the landscape, like with this tournament, with this particular Masters, it was hampered by a couple of things. One, no Tiger. Two, limited yeah. fans. And number three, the stars, the current stars didn't hold up their end of the bargain. DJ mm -hmm. crapped out. He's the best player in golf, but he is pretty low on the star power because he's just so dull. Brooks mm -hmm. is coming off knee surgery. 
DeShambo was a disaster. Rory is lost. That's a whole other oh, topic for wow. another day. Rom yeah. did r- make a rally. Congratulations to the new father. Spieth showed up and, and performed, and Thomas was in the mix, but he shot himself in the foot repeatedly. Otherwise, it's mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. Phil is fading. Ricky's on a milk carton. Bubba's going to join him next. Rumors that Day and Sergio still play golf. I don't know if that's true or not. Finau is well-liked, but he can't win. Patrick Reed is about as popular as pop-up ads on the oh. internet. You got a couple of cult classic guys who are uh, big with the Twitter crowd. Kisner, this ain't no hobby. Max Homa, I like those guys, but they're cults. There's the new young guns who are on pause right now, at least they were at the Masters, Halvin, Morikawa, and Wolf. Xander is really consistent, but he's got no angle to him. I I can't get a grip on Xander Shoffley. Great player. And the rest of the tour seems to be a sprinkling of college guys who are kind of nondescript. Your Chris Kirk's, Russell Henley's, your Scotty Scheffler's, and a bunch of rando internationals who are good players, but who's Terrell Hatton? Who's Sung J.M.? Who's Joaquin Neiman? You want to get people tuned in to golf? Have the camera crew follow around Patrick Reed for a week or two. <laughs> well, At home and stuff. Catch all his you know cheating. People would end up hating this guy? I mean, he is the biggest prick he is the most punchable dude okay like hold on nobody likes him it's hold on hold on you got one free punch there is every every not that you ever would because we're Uh, not uh, saying we're not advocating violence but in theory one free punch Every tour player at one big bar all sitting on bar stools all of them with their backs turned to you and you could go up and just knock one clean off of their stool and I'm going to give you your choice. Would it be Reed or your boy Billy Horschel? No, I, I'm going to I'm going to tell you who it's going to be. It's not one of those two. <laughs> By the way, you sent me a video of Horschel going oh, crazy oh. Uh, on his oh. golf bag at Augusta. This was after he slipped and fell on Saturday. No, no, this is the next day. Oh. <laughs> And he made par in that hole, Zabe. He chipped it up to like five feet and made par. You know, you know. by the way, someone had the best description of Billy Horschel. They said he is like Christian Bale for golf. Brilliant, but fucking psychotic. Oh, he's, yeah. He, and he's got the yeah. look of Christian Bale as well. Uh, yeah. No, he, Billy, Billy's, a, as Ter, uh, Terrell Owens uh, used to say, I love me some meat. <laughs> yeah, right? He does. He's so such a show get, pony, man. He, me, but he runs, he runs hotter than hot. He yeah, runs so me, hot. He makes Rory Sabatini <laughs> look Zen like yes, in his call. Yes, yes. Okay. So but let me get to your question though. So what I'm going to do, this person, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to, he's going to get one punch and then I'm going to help him up and say, dude, I love what you're doing. Nothing, for the game. nothing personal, but you needed that. Yeah. Okay. But I love what you do for the game. Keep Who's going. That? Bryson DeChambeau. <laughs> okay. Let's talk Bryson. Let's talk Bryson. Where are you uh-huh. at? On I'm Bryson neutral at this point because, yes, he's douchey. I almost oh, think yeah. he's a, a little so nip on the autistic scale, which is fine. Yes. I know that yep. life very well. But he's winning. And winning mm-hmm. – is the ultimate currency, and I respect winning. And so mm-hmm. what he's doing fascinates me. He's not my cup of tea, per se, flavor-wise, but he's wild to watch. So I'm Bryson neutral. I've got Bryson haters in my golf text threads like you coming out my ears. <laughs> Where but are I you? Love, Where are you on Bryson? I, I love that he is unafraid to say, I don't care if this is how it's always been done. 
I think there might be a better way. I mean, that that's the reason I got into my business that I do now, right? Is I looked at baseball. They've been doing things a certain way for 120 years. And I felt, yeah, I think there might be a better way. There might not be, but I'm going to try. And so what, what, what I like about what Bryson has done is he doesn't accept you just can't do it that way. Because you know what he's going to do if you tell him that? He's going to ask, why not? Why not? So th- that's what I love. I love that spirit about him. Um, uh, a good friend of mine, Mark Long, who was uh, Fred Funk's caddy for years and years. Yeah. He told me about Bryson. He met uh, Bryson when Bryson was at SMU. Um, he, I remember him years ago telling me, he said, man, there's this kid. <laughs> Like he's, you know, doing the golf machine stuff and he's something special. Like, you know, cause he would ask Mark questions about the yardage books that no one, because Mark makes the yardage books on tour. Yeah. Um, and, and he would ask Mark questions about these yardage books that no one had asked him before. And he works with tour players and here's this college kid asking him these questions. So, um, no, I love that aspect of it. I love people that, that say, oh, okay, what are the rules here? Oh, there's no rules. Well, then I'm going to do it this way. And, um, so, you know, it's, it's, um, I'm, I think he's good for the game because guess what? My youngest son, he's 16. Um, you know, he's a soccer player, wants nothing to do with the game of golf, but now that he's seen some of Bryson's Instagram stuff, he'll walk, he'll see that I'm watching golf on TV. He's Hey, is Bryson playing? I'll say, yeah, he'll sit down. (laughs) Yeah. No, I, 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 I've told my Bryson haters on my text threads. I'm like, look, you can hate him. He's currently the number one draw on tour. I didn't say the best player. I just said he's the number one draw on tour, at least in the absence of the big cat. And mm-hmm. I don't think you can argue that. By the way, I'm going to give a homework assignment to our listeners. If you are a casual golf fan or just somebody who's curious about this reference, Google search Homer Kelly, The Golfing Machine. Mm-hmm. It is a book from the late 60s mm-hmm. that is considered to be one of the more insanely ambitious technically dense Mm -hmm. breakdowns of the golf swing you will ever see. And it will probably make your head hurt if you start looking at the pages and the diagrams, but it's a book that is mythical in the game of golf. You've got to realize that Bryson saw that book and goes, finally, something (laughs) in a language that I understand. When when 99.9% of other people are like, oh, this shit's crazy, he goes, Finally, someone speaks my language. Exactly. And that's what I love about it. No, it's great. No, I think it's awesome. All right. Let's talk item number four, Augusta reinvention. This is a tough one for a course that we all grew up on as fans and watched and have loved. But you got to put your arm around the course and pull it aside and say, look, it's time to shake things up again Mm because it's gotten stale. At least that's my personal opinion. I think this golf course They've added all the length they can add. They can't buy any more property from the neighboring Augusta Country Club. And the length doesn't really add value, in my opinion. They've, mm-hmm. they've, they've fattened the course up like on Bryson DeChambeau protein shakes on holes that mm-hmm. don't really need it, like 5 mm-hmm. and 7 and mm-hmm. 10 and 11. To me, I would take that first cut of rough up another half an inch and bring it in a little bit for aesthetics Mm -hmm. and strategy. And -hmm. I would actually take some of the weight out of those holes that really don't need it or doesn't belong. Number four at 230, par three. I mean, Mm -hmm. what is that, okay? Mm -hmm. So so do that and let's see what it does. Just see. I I like what you're saying. 
I want to accomplish the same thing as you, but what I'm going to tell you is you actually need to do the opposite. Okay. What All you right. have to do. More so yardage, about, less run. So no, 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 no. So okay. same yardage. I love maybe even back it off a little bit. I got, I, I love that, but here's what you do. So um, let's even take the first hole, for example. Um, I don't know if you watched Sunday, the first tee shots on number one. Um, Jordan and a couple other guys hit their tee shots. They landed in the fairway, and then they were rolling through the rough, and they stopped in the rough before they got to the pine needles. Ooh, okay. They all did. So guess what they gave them? A clear shot to the green. So you're thinking the first cut has actually Take served as bumpers. Okay. So all right. What you do is is increase, don't increase the yardage. Take out all second cuts. I'm talking have those fairways rolling about a nine and a stimp. Okay. And um make them super firm. Okay. And what you do is on some of the holes, uh, let's say like one, you you don't need to do this, but let's say eleven. 11 is a great example. If you saw guys, if they were hitting the left side of the fairway at all, it would really kick into the trees. Um, that's the side slope. Number 14 is another good example. <laughs> 14 goes dog leg left, but the whole slopes left to right. Like right. it slopes down to the yeah. right. Yeah. So increase that angle of slope, take out the rough. So what you're going to have to do is you're going to force the player to go, okay, yeah. I'm playing a ball that doesn't spin as much as it did 30 years ago, which means for me to really put enough draw spin on it to work it around the corner, I have to make a more severe swing in to out, which brings in the specter of a bigger miss. So right now I've got these bumpers, safety bumpers, like a bowling alley mm -hmm. of rough between the fairway and the trees. The trees are the trouble, not the rough. The rough is something. Mean, yeah, the rough is not guys, enough to affect it. They, they can even spin no. it out of there for the most part. Yeah, yeah. So what I say is is increase the side slopes a degree or two, take the rough completely away, and have the ball where a marginal miss is penalized marginally. Right now, a marginal miss isn't penalized at all. And there's a famous Bobby Jones line that I love is when he's looking at golf courses and wanting to design a golf course, he wants to penalize the player to the degree they miss the shot. That's all I'm asking. Yeah. Don't let a guy get away with one hand finishing a driver and it still stay in the fairway and playable. That ball needs to be for a recovery shot time. You mentioned uh, re-sloping 14. I'm trying to think, Spence, the last time any significant earth-moving equipment cut into Augusta. And I can't think of it. Mm -mm. They have not moved dirt there. And I think it's time to do so. Yeah. Because so the, the course, uh, yeah, because yeah, the course is not a sacred text. It's a wonderful course that mm -hmm. if anyone says, well, this is not what Bobby Jones intended or Alistair McKenzie intended, mm -hmm. fuck you. Go watch the early, go look at the early pictures of Augusta National. Ray's Creek is a muddy, Weed-infested bog, okay? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The trees were tiny back in the day. None of the shot values from the original design make any sense today. I mean, some of them you could torture it that way. It's not a sacred text. I'm not saying go in and put railroad ties and put an island green somewhere, but don't be afraid to reshape some things 
That's number one. Number two, just for one year, give the course a different look. Let it grow its sideburns out, kind of like Nick Faldo. Or give it a different hairstyle. You and I recommend opposite Mm -hmm. different things. You say, get rid of that rough. I say, grow it up a little bit. It -hmm. wouldn't be the worst thing in the world to show up a year from now going, wow, that first cut really stands out now. And, oh, gee, there's another couple pine trees over here. Hmm, Mm -hmm. interesting. And, oh, the greens are a touch slower, but they're really healthy. And guess what? There's now three more pinnable positions on these very contoured greens. It wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. What will the scores be? Who knows? My point is, reinventions are necessary, in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, from what I from what I understand, they did raise the fairway decks a little bit oh, this really? year as well. And so you'll notice it wasn't just that they you know they mow the fairway oh right tee box yeah they it's did I think that. they I think they raised the fairway decks because again they're constantly battling distance. Yeah, and so to me, it's like you know what, <sighs> look. It, let them hit Tiger, it as far as they can. Yeah, you can't. Let, you're not going to win a fight against distance. Mist. That's just right. Penalize the mist. Yeah, there, there you go. Penalize the I, mist. All right. To uh, the degree they missed the shot. That's all right. It. Let's That's let's wrap up here with a couple notes and nuggets. I just got one or two here. One is that uh, Spieth did something pretty amazing that went mostly unrecognized. I can't believe it's true, but he birdied ten all four days. That has never, awesome. Spence, been done awesome. in the history of the Masters. That's a hell a of a quartet. That's great. Yeah, he, that's great. he should get a goblet for that. They give out goblets for eagles, you know. Give him a goblet for doing that. That's impressive speaking, right there. Speaking of speed, if you and I, you know, worked in the booth and we were announcing it, if they're gonna go to if they're gonna go to speed for a shot, I'm like pulling my microphone up and I'm gonna take a drink of water. I might go to the bathroom. Like you don't need to announce for this guy. He's gonna do all the commentary right. for you before the shot, uh it during the shot and after the shot. Yeah. So there's a good forty five seconds of you can just, you know, do whatever you need to do as an announcer. I love the the app was fantastic. It's the best app in sports, oh, yeah. period. Amen. Oh, uh I loved the drone shots. I loved the wire cam shots. Here's another you know, thing. Here's another thing. That? Yeah, what? Did you notice no Michelle Wee this year? <laughs> she was the worst. She was, a, I don't know if you remember. Oh, was she? Fall. Oh, that's right. Oh, she was oh, on she the was alternate the feeds. Oh, yeah. she was awful. <laughs> she and was she not did good. not get asked back. She was so <laughs> bad. And she didn't get asked back. And there was no press release about it. Nothing. I mean, it was so horrific. You know, I got a video clip of some of her announcing. I'll uh, I'll send it to you. It's okay. It's oh, it's horrific. There are there are there are people on my text thread now calling for Nance to be pushed aside. It'll never happen, but I will say this, and I'm I'm pro-Nance. Somebody who has Nance's ear has to pull him aside and say, listen, you can't be this syrupy anymore. You mm-hmm. can't be this deferential. You have to be a little bit more edge, a little bit more energy, and a lot less ass-kissing, okay? Because you're becoming a caricature of yourself and you're turning off even golf fans by how you just drizzle the broadcast every year in your sotto voce dialogue. That's what someone ha- needs to say. Well, I have bad news for you. <laughs> It'll never happen. So it's it's not not only is it not going to happen. Um, and I need if you're in front of the computer, if you can look this up, I will. If if I'm not mistaken, can you find me the year that the first Masters was held? That okay, was 1932. Uh, 
Okay, he just signed a contract that sends him to 1932. Actually, 1932. 1934. Okay. So 1934, so his contract is going to 12 years? He just signed a new extension that's going to take him to the 100 Masters. Oh, no. I know. How syrupy do you think that's going to be? I mean, oh, that is going to be unfiltered. I mean, that is going to be straight from the, the mountains of Vermont syrup <laughs> all week and the 100 masters. And that is going to be oh, – and they, then everyone's going to talk about, hey, this is his last one. He's announcing his retirement. Oh, God. I mean, that one, just prepare yourself all now. Right. Just get a vacation house for that week right now. All right. What else uh, from the masters? Little nips and nuggets. Anything that uh, caught your eye? You know, the one thing that caught my eye was was that they, you know, you and I talk about the distance. I mean, they did do some things this year. On the left of number two, they took away that second cut, and balls did run into the trees, and so it was a little penal there. Um, I, I, I felt like they did a really good job this year of, with the distance of the course, I didn't feel like um, it wasn't too playable for the shorter hitters. I mean, yeah, Olafobel made the cut. Yeah. Right? Which is, um, which is he hadn't played golf since November. Shows up to Augusta. That's crazy. People don't understand how good these guys are. But yeah. um, you know, I, I think that 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 part to me it was encouraging that Augusta National instead of, and I know you you would like to see maybe the more rough, but they weren't afraid to do some pretty wacky things, right? I mean, look, only having rough on one side of the hole. I mean, that's. Yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty progressive, right? Yeah. So that that gives me hope for the future. That the things you and I talk about, I promise you, that's on the table with them. I mean, they're going to do what it takes. Um, there's there's no more room to move back to T on seven. Um, you know, I hope they don't do that. That I hate what they've done to seven. That used to be I such a great short par. It's four. it's uh, and it, it wasn't that short. I think it was like four ten, but at four fifty. It makes no sense because it's the most heavily guarded green. It's one of the narrowest greens front to back, other than 12, obviously. There is nothing more exciting than watching guys spin wedges to that front right pin and it may be going in. And now they're, you know, you saw the shots of them having to hit knockdowns out of the trees Mm -hmm. through the bunker. I mean, mean, it's okay for them to make birdies. That's what I say. All right, Spence, next visit. Let's talk all baseball and what you're doing at the data cage. Cause I know a lot of my baseball fan listeners yeah. be like, get Spence talking about barrels and uh, exit velocities and stuff like that. And I know you'll go deep on that as well. Well, I'm going to tease you on that. Uh, True temper who, you know, the number one golf shaft manufacturer out there is now making bats. And, oh, um, here we go. <laughs> I, I'm the manager of all their technology and their grassroots initiatives now. And, um, and they also are a client on my software side and, uh, to be involved in the, in the development of a bat, they have a bat coming out this summer, um, to be involved in that has been really, really eye opening and, and really fun. And, uh, love to talk about uh, all that process with you. It'd be really cool. All right. Very good. Spence, always a pleasure, buddy. Thanks. All right, buddy. Take care, man. There you go. Mark Spencer from the data cage in Jacksonville, man, that guy knows his stuff. All right, let me finish on this. Vegas to ban decorative grass. What? I saw the picture that went with this story and I go, that's not fake grass. That looks like real grass. Oh, that's what they mean. 
Great lead from Aaron Feiss, the New York Post. They're laying down the lawn. (laughs) Officials in Sin City are pushing for a first-in-the-nation ban on, quote, non-functional grass, turf that is not meant for people to walk on, as they seek to boost conservation efforts amid bone-dry drought conditions. The Southern Nevada Water Authority recently estimated that the Las Vegas metropolitan area has almost eight square miles of, quote, non-functional turf that no one walks on, including in street medians, housing developments, and office parks. Yes, but it looks so nice. He said they... The uh, Justin Jones, a commissioner of Las Vegas's Clark County, who serves on the authority's board, said the only people that ever set foot on the grass that's in the middle of a roadway system are people cutting that very grass. The board is now petitioning the state legislature to ban said grassy areas. On the one hand, it's a slippery slope. I don't want them going down because first, it's the grass medians. Next, it's the parks. Then it's the golf courses. Then it's your home. The easier solution would just be, hey, let the market determine the price of water. If water gets to be too expensive, trust me, those communities that have that decorative grass are going to start looking at their budget going, couldn't that be rocks instead since nobody's on it? But then that would put pressure on other businesses that also need water for more important things like hotels and restaurants and, you know, people that want to, say, drink and not dehydrate in the desert. They're laying down the lawn. Speaking of that, got the first cut done of the monogamous compound. It is a mangy, uneven, very thin yet, but quite green emergence of grass that has a lot of dandelions right now. Hopefully as it warms up, and we get some April showers, get that grass to outcompete the weeds, and we've got a nice-looking lawn for about four and a half weeks from approximately May 1st to June 14th, give or take. Thanks for listening. Tell a friend or two who likes good things in their ear, and I mean that in the best way. Support if you want to become a ZabeCast premium subscriber. You'll get Mondays now. For that $5 a month, even less if you buy it in a year in advance, and you'll get Solly and Andy, and maybe Solly and Scott. I've I've reached out to Scott to say, we're ready for you, Scott. Just let me know, because he was a little hesitant to get inside the van. So hopefully we'll get Scott on board for Mondays as well, and we'll have a real hoot then. Thanks for listening. Have a great Tuesday, and we will see you next time. Watching any sport is a hell of a lot more exciting when you got a little bit of something-something in the game. But regardless of why you play, you need a platform that makes it easy. At mybookie.ag, they do just that. Bet MLB regular season, NBA player props, every other major event like the highly anticipated boxing match between MMA veteran Ben Askren and YouTuber Jake Paul. 
Paul. Place a single wager of $20 on the fight, and you'll get a free $20 bet for UFC 261. If that's not enticing enough, back the former Olympian's corner, and you'll get a 2-1 to payout with my bookie odds boost on Ben Askren to win the fight outright. Sign up this week with promo code ZABE, Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo Echo, and take advantage of up to a $1,000 bonus on your first deposit. That's promo code ZABE to grab yourself a free cash bonus on top of the free bets and boosted odds. Ben Askren and Jake Paul, it's the fight that nobody asked for, but everyone can't stop talking about, and you don't want to miss out on it at my bookie. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie.